Flatiron School is an international boot camp for software engineering, data science, and design that changes lives through education. One of our strengths is our focus on teacher quality. Flatiron's educational development team has experts in both pedagogy and content knowledge who work with our teachers to ensure our students receive the best educational experiences possible. This is the podcast of the Educational Development Team. Hi folks, this is Sean. I'm the Director of Educational Development here at Flatiron School. And today's topic for our podcast is five great techniques for students that build memory, understanding, and ability. It's a mouthful, but it's going to be a very useful episode. And this is for teachers and for students. So teachers, this is so that you can help your students understand and do these things. Students, if you're listening to this podcast, and I hope you are, these are things that you can do to improve your memory, understanding, and ability. And this goes for really any discipline that you're studying. I also just want to mention for the teachers at Flatiron School who are listening to this, the Flatiron educational principles all support what we're talking about here. And you'll find all of these techniques in that document. So it's a great thing to go back to after you've listened to this. This can be a little bit of a primer. I also want to point out, just given that a prior episode, a recent episode, was called Lots of Hots and was about higher order thinking and how to build it, this episode is going to be more about building lower order thinking skills. So memory, understanding, and application. And that's fine. As I said in the Lots of Hots episode, you don't have to always be aiming for the higher order thinking. It's totally appropriate at times to aim for lower order thinking skills because you need that knowledge base before you can do anything on a higher order. So let's jump right in. The five techniques that we're going to discuss are reflection, deliberate practice, self-testing, repetition, and a specific technique called the Pomodoro technique for building focus. We'll start with reflection. This is also sometimes known as metacognition, which just means thinking about thinking. Reflective thought is important because it builds an understanding of both the concept and your grasp of it. And that's really important if you want to actually improve your understanding of a discipline. Reflective thought can be just literal thought, going through a thought exercise about a topic you've been studying. It can involve journaling. It can involve talking with someone and trying to answer questions about a discipline, about a topic. I don't care how you do your reflection. What I care about is that you reflect. So in practice, it might look like this. And this is an example from a design program. So say you just did a presentation, right? You've presented something that you've built. You've shown it to your class. Maybe you've done a critique on it. After all of that, spend a few minutes thinking or maybe journaling. That could be even more effective for you. But spend a few minutes thinking about the presentation you just did. And if you don't want to journal, but you do want it to be a little more interactive than just sitting in a corner and thinking, you could try talking it through with a peer. That would be effective too. And the things that you want to think about in particular are what were the areas that you struggled with? What were the areas you knew really well? And how did you know that you were struggling or you knew them well? And of course, there's more that you can think about and you can dig into specifics of it. But what you want to do is build your understanding of what you need to learn and what you need to reinforce. So the areas you struggled with are things that you should go back to improve. 
And the areas that went really well are the areas that you should reinforce. They're already a part of your practice. You're effective at them. And so you want to keep getting better at them. Reflection leads directly into the next technique, which is deliberate practice. And if you want just a shorter name for this, it's drilling, which is not a real exciting idea in education. But I just want to point out, sports teams get better by repeated drilling on the same thing. If you're on a soccer team and your coach wants you to get better at passing, your coach is not going to set up a scrimmage. Your coach is going to set up a drill where you pass over and over and over until you're better at passing than you were before. Then they would set up a drill for shooting, etc. And just like you can train your body to be better at soccer, you can train your brain. In order to do this well, you need to be very specific. So what's the exact need? What's the exact deficiency that you're drilling on? You don't want a general area. You want something that you can drill down on. And if there's more than one need, and that's why you're starting to think about generalities, think about the specifics of those needs and try to break them apart and work on them separately. So if you're saying to yourself, I really need to get better at Python, that's not real specific. You need to figure out what exactly is it in Python that you need to get better at. And there may be multiple things, and that's fine, but that gives you the opportunity to drill very specifically. And that's what deliberate practice is all about. And so in practice, and this time we'll use an example from data science, say through the reflection that you did before, you've identified K nearest neighbor as a concept that you need to work on. You don't really understand it, right? You might do something like build an analysis of three data sets in a row, just start to finish. Do your analysis, use K nearest neighbor, go back and start over with a different data set immediately. This might take a little while, and that's fine. The point is to reinforce the concept through that deliberate practice and drilling. The next topic we want to talk about here is self-testing. So self-testing means bringing intentionality into your studying. It means you don't just read. You don't just go back and look at the labs that you've completed or the projects that you've completed. What you do is you go back over the same concepts, but you quiz yourself. And you make yourself remember and work to remember the concepts that you need to know. And that's because the act of remembering actually builds memory. I want to say that again because that's a really important concept here. The act of remembering builds memory. And so the self-testing helps you actually build memory because you're struggling to remember those things that you're testing yourself on. So in practice, say we're in software engineering now, you go back to a lab that you struggled with. You read the instructions for the lab, but you don't read your code. And then you think through how you would solve the lab. You don't need to write the code. You've already done it. You know you accomplished it. But you challenge yourself to step through the processes and the concepts in order to make sure that you actually remember them and remember their sequence and remember their application and all of that stuff that was important in solving the lab. And if you find that you're fuzzy on any of those things, then you can review what you need to review, perhaps through deliberate practice, and then self-test again at some point. Self-testing can be related to repetition, which is the fourth thing that we're going to talk about here, but in particular, spaced repetition. Spaced repetition using self-testing is an extremely powerful way to learn. So here's the basis for this. We learn, humans learn, through repeated exposure to concepts. 
And we actually remember things better when we have to work at remembering them. That struggle to remember actually solidifies the memory. I said before, the act of remembering builds memory. So spaced repetition means returning to study concepts that you've studied before. And ideally, you do this through self-testing, not just reading, but you make it an active experience of studying those concepts, but with a time gap between when you originally learned them and you test yourself on them. Typically, that gap is somewhere around a week, but it can be longer, it can be shorter, it can still be effective those ways. And in a boot camp scenario, you don't typically have the luxury of waiting several weeks to make sure you remember a topic. You need to remember it very quickly. So if you're in our boot camp and you're trying to do spaced repetition, it may not look like a week in between study sessions. It may be a few days. You don't want to make it too short. A day is probably not enough time to forget even with the amount of content that you have to absorb in a boot camp. But you do want to make sure that you have time to forget before you reinforce. You want those memories of those concepts to get a little bit fuzzy before you reinforce them through spaced repetition. So in practice, and again, this will be a software engineering example, say you're in the Rails mod, which is mod 2. You still need to remember the concepts from the prior mod, which was on Ruby but you're no longer studying Ruby specifically. You've learned those things. We've moved on to new concepts. So you go back to your notes in the end of the first week of Mod 2, and you test yourself on concepts from Mod 1. And there's your spaced repetition. One instance of spaced repetition is not probably sufficient to cement a memory. And in fact, the brain loves to prune memories. So things that you know today you may be a little bit fuzzy on in a week, no matter what those things are. And if you don't reinforce them, they will go away. So this is not to say that you should learn something, you should do a spaced repetition session in a week, and then you're done. This is to say, if you find that something is really important to remember, that you should continue to do spaced repetition with it over a long period of time. The final technique that we'll talk about is the Pomodoro technique. This is basically just interval timing for studying or working, but there's a known technique called the Pomodoro technique, and so that's a shorthand for some people who know what that technique is. What it looks like is an interval timer, 25 minutes and 5 minutes, followed by 25 minutes and 5 minutes, followed by 25 minutes and 5 minutes. So it's that interval. It actually comes from exercise, where you exercise for a certain amount of time. Say you lift weights for 10 reps, and you need to do another set, you put a time in between it of maybe 90 seconds to recover, and then you do another 10 reps, and then another time of 90 seconds. So it's that kind of interval timing, but it's applied to working or studying. So with the Pomodoro technique, you set up your interval timer, and you can just look up interval timer on your app store or on your computer. There is an app that I've liked called Pomodun, and that will allow you to do those intervals. It also ties into some task lists, which is kind of nice. But whatever the app is, you set it up for 25 and 5. And during the 25, you don't do anything but work on one thing. You turn off notifications for your email. You turn off notifications for Slack. You just focus in on that one thing. And that could be solo work on some programming thing or a presentation for design or whatever that looks like. It could also be pair programming. It could be working with a partner on something. It doesn't matter what the work is. The point is that the human brain 
can't focus for a very long amount of time without starting to drift. So creating those intervals of 25 and 5 means that you have a light at the end of the tunnel. 25 minutes from now, I can do something else. And that something else should be walking away from your computer. It doesn't mean go check your email for five minutes and then come back. It means really reset. Get up, stretch your legs, get a coffee, go to the bathroom, walk around the block if that's what you want to do. You want to reset. And I've talked in other podcast episodes and in some of the documents that I've written for Flatiron School about the importance of breaks and physical activity. This is an opportunity for you to just reset through that. And if you want to take that a little bit further, one of the things that the Pomodoro Method does that I really like is it gives you a vocabulary and also sort of a mindset for thinking about how to chunk your time. So they like to call it one Pomodoro for one of those cycles, 25 and 5. And the reason they do that is that you can then start to break your tasks and your projects down into Pomodoros. And it's kind of a fun way of thinking about it. It's better than thinking about half hours, right? So if I'm doing a project and I think that project is going to take somewhere on the order of two hours, that's four Pomodoros. And so I know I've, I've sort of time boxed it for myself. I know that I'm going to be working for 50 minutes each hour, really solid. And after about two hours of work, that should be done. I might not be right. I might have completely underestimated the amount of time or overestimated, and that's fine. As you start to do this, you'll start to get a sense of how to budget your time and how to estimate your time around this Pomodoro method. And that can be helpful in your studying, and that can be helpful in your work. Okay, so those five techniques that we just discussed were reflection, deliberate practice, self-testing, spaced repetition, and the Pomodoro Technique. And so this is where I make this an active learning experience. What I want you to do now is pause the recording, and I want you to just think about how you would apply two of these techniques this week. And if you're not doing something this week, then do it next week. But how do you actually put these things into practice? Think about two of these techniques. Again, reflection, deliberate practice, self-testing, space repetition, and the Pomodoro Technique. Which of those two would you apply and how would you apply them? Okay, pause the recording. I'll wait. Hopefully you spent some time thinking about that. You didn't just listen to silence. And hopefully you came up with some useful ways to apply these. I would suggest that you think about applying all five of these. But starting with two is great. Okay, folks, that's what I've got for you this episode. Thanks for listening. Take care. Do you enjoy this podcast? I'd love it if you'd leave a rating or review on iTunes or SoundCloud. And of course, please recommend it to your friends.